Welcome everyone back again to the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever faithful hosts, Joel McDonald, that is me, and my very, very good friend, Kyron Morrison. How you doing? Uh, you know, I'm pretty good. How about you? I'm, I'm doing well. Doing well. Tell you what, man, I'm appreciating that spring has begun, has begun to surface. Yeah, what a day today. It was it lovely. It was nice looking outside and seeing that sh- the sun just being, being gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, I spent most of it inside. From about Me too. Three o'clock at, onwards, at, but yeah, at it was, my job. But like the sun, yeah. whilst I was driving to work and back from work, was quite nice. Yeah, it was lovely, lovely day. Anyway, let's uh, let's launch into it. I reckon. Yeah, we've we'll talked about outside long enough, so let's let's yeah. talk about the video games we've been. We filled the we filled the quota of, of <laughs> outdoor activities <laughs> going to and from work. Uh, what have you been playing, man? What have I been playing? Yes. Well, uh, been playing a couple of things. Most recently, though, like, I've been still plugging away at XCOM 2. Ah, nice. Uh, I didn't put it in the notes because I only am going to briefly talk about it because I said I would after last week, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. So I've put probably about another, whew, I want to say seven or eight hours into the game. Uh, I have completed some more missions, so I have enjoyed some success. Nice. Uh, but it's still kicking my ass. That game oh. is, it is tough. It is a tough game, and I appreciate that, but I'm also scared of that. Yeah, it's very it's it's very intimidating like that. I, and one of the games that I've been playing this week as well, I'll, I'll touch on being intimidating as well. But it's always tough when you start a game and it's like, all right, cool, all right. and then like you've got the handle of the game. Yep, cool. No, I know XCOM. It's all good. And then it's just like, right, here's the first mission, and you just get fucking ruined. You just get bent over, and that's what it felt like. Some of the yep. stuff I was, that I'm been, I've been wrestling with. Yeah, but like on the flip side. I appreciate it because those successes I've had have felt so good. Yeah. Like actual physical fist pumping when I finish a mission. It's like, yes! Yep. Somehow I did it. Somehow. Against all the odds, this game has been putting it like putting up all these walls. I did it. I like to call it the From Software. Yeah, but... Okay, so here's the thing. When I die in Dark Souls, or like a From Software game, yep. I return to the bonfire, and I've learnt something, and I've you know, I can go back and get my souls back and actually progress. Yes. But it's just really annoying in XCOM 2 when, I don't know, say a soldier misses a shot that's got like a 60% chance to hit and they miss. And then as a result, they get killed by an enemy attacking them. Like, and I I have to reload my save and I haven't really learned anything. It's just the numbers being against me. Yeah, Which is, it's... again, fine. But it's just, I, oh. There's been some bad misses, Joel. It's that good R- good old RNG. I'm pretty yeah, sure RNG. I witnessed a couple last week when I, before I got to your house, before we started recording last week. Oh, there's been some bad ones, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Usually from my sniper, who should be hitting things. but that's the, that's the rough one. The sniper's always the tough one. But I also deeply sympathize with my team members, because when they come back from, from a mission, like your squad lines up, mm-hmm. and depending on how badly they've been hurt, they might be finding standing up being like yeah i did it but if they're wounded they sort of like limp up and are looking down at the ground i'm like yeah <laughs> that's how i feel guys that's yeah how I feel. that's rough uh, so yeah xcom 2 still good uh, hard intimidated maybe we'll continue playing don't know yet right uh but apart from that i had the pleasure of i was actually at work yesterday i'm pretty sure and i saw someone post that the outlast demo was available Yes. The Outlast 2 demo went up, so of course I downloaded it because yep. I like to suffer and torture myself. Yeah, no, I don't 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 worry, I've been 
well and truly informed by that as well after my Resident Evil 7 demo antics. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Joel. If you didn't like Resident Evil 7 for Viscares, I would recommend you stay far away from Outlast 2. Okay, so here's the thing. I, I have contemplated checking it out. I, like, this is not a guarantee, listeners, for anyone who is a fan of the Resident Evil 7 ones and hearing me scream like a fucking small child. Um, I've contemplated it, so we'll leave it at that. Joel, if you play this game, you are going to have a heart attack and you are going I, to die. I'm, I'm anxious just thinking about it. I really am. I'm just like thinking about it now. I'm sitting up alone in my house going, oh, I'm starting to get like, that tight chest feeling. So the demo is about, I'd probably put it in the field of like 20 to 30 minutes long, depending on how much time you sort of spend looking around. Right. And it immediately off the bat, like addressed one of my biggest issues with the first Outlast, which as much as I loved Outlast 1, mm-hmm. it was kind of the same thing for a lot of the game like there wasn't much variety so that was a bummer like usually it'd be get seen by a guy hire from a guy and progress like not obviously that simple the whole time but sometimes that's what it would boil down to yeah and what i played of a demo doesn't completely remedy that but at least the areas i was going through were a bit more different and like i don't i don't know if it was just the demo or if a full game will have similar things but some of the transitions were fucking weird yeah right like, you basically, you have a, you get into a car accident and you slide down a hill and you basically you're looking for your wife at this point. Like, and okay. you stumble into this village, for lack of a better word. <laughs> it's night time. Uh, you have your handy camcorder, of course. Of course, yes. With your little night vision on and that's great. Nothing better than watching the battery just die slowly as you cower in a corner somewhere and that terrifying green night vision filter yeah it's great it's the worst okay so you and uh, can talk about night, night vision filter everyone's favorite feature about night vision filter especially in that last one is how it illuminates the eyes Ugh. yeah so i i walked into the village it was pretty dark you know pretty dark so i pulled up my camcorder and chucked on night vision and as i chucked on my night vision Literally, like it was a it was a fair distance away, but that didn't matter how far away it was. Just the vision was uncomfortable. Oh. It was just like I saw the eyes, and then they sort of faded into the background, and I was like, "Huh, huh, cool, good, God, excellent." Damn it. The game has got some good jump scares in it, but not only that. Like again, this is something that I think Outlast One did right. The atmosphere is just downright the worst. Like yep. it is just crushing. I watched you play a little bit of the first Outlast. Oh, like, boy. When it came out, I think. And that was enough. That was... That was enough. I... <laughs> oh. That's fair, man. Uh, probably my highlight... And again, I, I don't remember if Outlast 1 had much stuff like this, but at one point my character had the option to investigate a well, like to look down it. <laughs> Jesus. I looked down the well, some ridiculous tongue shot up wrapped around oh, me and whipped oh. me down the well and I woke up in a classroom and I was like uh am I playing Silent Hill right now yeah this feels like Silent Hill well that's definitely appealing to your uh to your likes then, it is and, 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 it's a, and it's the worst Joel it is the worst like <laughs> there were some moments where it was just like just I just it was gross and I was tense and I was like oh why do I do this yep. why yep uh and the demo ends abruptly with you basically... Oh, no, before I talk about how it ends, 
I remember hearing people talk about this demo when they played it, and they mentioned in specific, like specifically the cornfield. Oh Jesus! Everyone knows it. Like you see it in horror movies all over time, even just regular, oh. just running through a cornfield, and you know people with flashlights looking for you, and it moves you like, oh man, that that would be a shitty situation to be in. Uh, so it's in Outlast too, and I can confirm it is a shitty situation. Mm. Uh, running through a cornfield with your night vision on trying to not get seen and you sometimes will just look over your shoulder and you'll see the flashlights just next to you and you're like oh god what do oh, i do where do i run and your character gets exhausted and then you're sort of like like limp running and you're like no i've got to i've got to keep going i can see the way forward and it was terrifying being in that cornfield uh fuck that <laughs> yep yep no this uh, ends this ends awful um yeah like i said Joel, if you play this i think you might actually have a heart attack so. yeah see, see here's the thing like I've spoken before about how I really want to be able to play these things. I, I feel like I need to start maybe conquering my fear and tackling it head on some way. If you're maybe. going to, I would start a bit lighter than Yeah, I think yeah. yeah. Probably I a think, Resident Evil. Yeah, look I I mean I've played I mean I played Resident Evil four, which doesn't really count. Um there, look, there are some moments later in that game that are pretty creepy, like walking through, but when you get into the castle, mostly, yeah, and that's you true. just hear the guys just chanting, and you're like, oh, where yeah. are you? Where are you? I can hear you, but I can't see you. The scariest where thing about that game is quick time events. That's the scariest thing, because you're just like, oh, yeah, God, well, I put the controller down. Especially if it flips it on, like, if you get killed by it one time, and you're like, okay, cool, I'm ready for you next time, and the quick time <laughs> event goes, nah, flipped now. Fuck you, Krauser. And Krauser can fight. Like, <laughs> QTE fights are worst. Yeah, it, it's awesome, but it's it's yeah, it's clever how they fucking flip it on ten. But anyway, yeah. Oh. But yeah, so Outlast two. Oh, I'm excited for that game, but I'm also scared. <laughs> I, I'm glad. I'm glad one of us is excited for it, Karen. It's yeah, great. Look, it, it's it was always ever two of us. It was always going to be me, obviously. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh. I'm not sure if it's coming to VR. Oh, I, I hope it is because someone's gonna die playing that game. I know, so I know, listeners happen. and you, Karen, can't actually see this, but I am just shaking my head constantly. You might be able to hear from like the microphone sound <laughs> cutting in and out, just for me, like not pointing at it. But oh, you'll be okay, Joel. When I mm-hmm. when, when it comes out, I'll play it for you in front you of you. Do, it'll yeah, be fine. That's all you, man. That's all you. <laughs> but apart from that, I also checked out what revisited i guess is a better way to put it uh i revisited resident evil remake oh nice we Speaking actually of. were lucky enough that was the plus game this month which is mm-hmm. a cool way to celebrate halloween yep i, turn, I mean i already owned it yeah what so it actually did, it, was, <laughs> it, it reminded me to download it and go back to it and man holy shit that game has aged well like I the remake think, especially i actually think i might might download it again tonight and go back through it because I, tr- I started playing it and i think something else came out and i just neglected it i bought it and I was like, yeah, cool, I'm actually going to play Resident Evil 4. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to finish it, or play it at least. Um, and I played it for like maybe a few hours, and then I just never went back to it for some reason. I don't know why. I remember very specifically why I stopped. It was because I got to work... So anyone who's played the original Resident Evils know that saving isn't... It's not hard, but yeah. you have to be in a particular room to save with a particular item. Mm-hmm. And I very distinctly remember remember having done a large chunk of the game because it's, a, I guess, sort of like a risk-reward thing. It's like, you could go save your game now. Yep. It'll cost you an ink ribbon, but you'll be safe. Yep. Or you could just sort of maybe try your luck a bit further. And... That's the most terrifying thing to me. Like, that's... Yeah. I'm such a slave slut when I want to, in games like that. 
Well, when I first played Resident Evil 4, which is which was I'm pretty sure the first Resident Evil to not use the ink ribbons, like it tracks mm-hmm. your saves, and I'm pretty sure I hit like a hundred by the end of like my first playthrough. Because the game let me, and I was kind of, and it was nice, but I do appreciate the old style of saves. It's an extra layer of tension to the. It is like when it's just like, look, your saves are limited to how many of this item you have, and I currently have three of them left at the moment, so I'm like, well, I've got at least three saves in me. I know I'll find more, but until then, I've got three saves. I better pace them out appropriately. Yeah, right. Uh, But. I don't know, like, I just really appreciate how well the games, the games held up. The fixed camera angles set you up wonderfully for some of the scares and even yep. some misdirect scares. Uh, the areas are... I mean, obviously it's a bit dated because it was a GameCube game at the time. And right. even though it's been done up a bit for PS4, yeah, it's a bit, there's some blurry areas, but the areas mm. are so detailed. They are. That's, I, that's one thing I noticed as well from the brief time I played with it. But, um, but you were saying too about like, the, the scares. The scares aren't necessarily jump scares either. It's no, just, they're not. You'll turn a corner and there'll be there'll be like there'll be a, like an enemy shuffling towards you like oh god oh Jesus um oh back away back away back away and like sometimes you just know like for example I entered a bathroom the camera was in the roof looking down and there was just a the, a corpse there I'm like well clearly when I do something in, the, in this bathroom <laughs> you're getting up but Yay. and it sort of rewards you in that aspect as well because if you are aware of that and you're quick, you can do what you need to do and then go back to the door and get out of there and that zombie, unless it's like a cutscene, I think, they should be trapped in there. Right. Which is cool. Uh, but I got to beat a couple of bosses in my revisit session, my revisitation. Lovely. I got to fight the shark boss and by fight the shark boss, I mean I drained it, it of its water and just electrocuted it in like a little, little pool, little puddle. That felt good. That's one way to deal with a shark, like take it away the, its ability to breathe. Yeah, take yep. away its, its major advantage against me, which would yep. have been the end of me. Yep. And I also took out a horrible mutated plant, Plant 42, by just mixing some, like, poison and dumping it on it and going, yep, I won. See ya. Take that I, plant. I remember seeing, like, trailers and stuff from, from Resident Evil back in the day, and that was one of the parts of that trailer that fucking terrified me. That giant plant that popped out, and you're like, ah, no thank you. Yeah, it, like, funny story, actually. When I was playing it last night, I may have accidentally entered the plant room without poisoning it first, which was a dumb idea because you can't leave the room once you enter. So I basically locked myself into a boss fight, which I lost because I hadn't stocked up on heal items or bullets or anything. So I was oh, like, definitely cool. Yeah. So I lost about, I think, like 45 minutes of progress doing that. Oh, that, was, that hurts. That was clever of me. That hurts. But uh, I went back tonight and I... I fucking I finished it off, so that's good. And um, yeah, I'm honestly looking forward to playing more of it. But it's just so little time right now. With we're on the we're on the uh on the eve. Not much room for pile for the pile of shame, but no. really, I just really want to dig into it again because it's so good. Love it when you find a game like that when it's like you go back to it years later and it's like, oh man, this oh, this game is so good. I mean, it's uncharted. A reminder that if you have plus, download that game yeah. and play it. Yeah. And to a lesser extent, Transformers Devastation as well. That's a really good game. Yeah, look, that's good. But out of the two, I'd say definitely play Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah. Especially because it's it's Halloween month, man. You got to play a scary game. Yeah, it's fuck a yeah, scary game. Love it. But yeah, that's basically all I've been playing. Uh, cool. What about yourself, Joel? Uh, it's uh, been a bit of a barren week for me, um, just because there has been nothing out that I was really interested in playing, like new release wise. Um, I'm going to touch on this briefly. 
I know. I know. We said we we covered our outdoors quota for the week, like outside of games quota for the week. Um, but we we both attended a bucks party on the weekend uh, for our good friend Ben. Um, that we all organized and we did some kind of things that were, I guess you could kind of relate to video games. Um, one thing we did was the break room, which is kind of cool. Uh, which you just go into a room and smash stuff. Um, that was fun. I love and, smashing stuff. Yeah. Cause I mean, who doesn't love like, you know, in Dark Souls, like, you know, rolling over the pots and all that sort of stuff. And then in Zelda, Zelda you know, throne, yeah, just like smashing shit. Um, was no rupees in said, things that we broke unfortunately 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 yeah i feel like it's a missed opportunity um but yeah if you're in, in melbourne uh, and you're interested in that kind of thing go and see ed at the break room he'll look after you he's brilliant what he's doing is brilliant we all walked out of there feeling so relaxed and zen it was um, so good like oh yeah boy. it was cathartic to say the least um which was great because the thing we did before it was stressful as fuck um we went and did a thing called small time criminals which is uh an escape room of sorts, I guess, uh, set up by the guys from Pop-Up Playground. Now, it had a possible campaign, um, which was obviously successful. Uh, and the setup for it is, you it's set in an old, an old bank. It's like a, a legitimate bank. And uh, you get there, you press the buzzer on the door, and from that moment, you're in. Someone answers the door and goes, are you guys here for a job? And we're like, uh, I, I guess. Um, we went in and got briefed. Um and basically, they they set you up and let you loose in this old bank, um, which is only two, it's two levels. It's not overly big, but it's big enough. And uh, they let you loose in this in this bank to try and steal a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, so you become the titular small time criminals. Um, and the, the the thing about this is that it sort of differentiates it so much from other escape rooms and things like that that are available out there is there is a, a live element to it as well. You've, you've got the person who briefed you at the start on a walkie talkie to one of your team members as well, who's constantly communicating with you and helping you out. Um, like you would in a normal escape room, but there's also a guard that patrols, uh, around like a live action person. Like it's, it's a, as an actor that is there to do their job. Um, basically to scare the shit out of you. Um, and when you hear him coming, you have to hide because if you get caught, well, I mean, we don't know what happens because we didn't get caught. Um, too good. We're too good. Yeah, we are too good. We are ace criminals. Um, uh, yeah. Well, you know. There were some finer details we were less ace at. <laughs> yeah. We won't go into it too much in it about what happened with it. Um, but holy shit, if that wasn't one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life, um, I don't know what is. So if you're in Melbourne or if you're visiting Melbourne, especially with packs coming up and things like that, check out Small Time Criminals on Facebook or uh, Pop Up Playground as well, as they're known as, because they've also got another one called Room Service, which looks fucking terrifying. Um, the Basically, the long and short of that is you've got half an hour. Uh, you've arrived to do your job at this uh, hotel where you think you're just going to be delivering room service to some of the guests, and you find out that you are the room service because it is a party of cannibals. Oh, um, so you have to solve puzzles to try and shut doors and lock people, lock the uh, said cannibals out. It's, from the trailer that they have up, it's ve- it seems very Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, just to relate it back to games, which instantly was a, a like a big red X for me. Um, no, thank you. But Small Time Criminals is excellent. I... Like, my heart was racing at multiple parts like that, hiding under a table as a guard literally stopped next to the table and shined his flashlight around to try and see what was what was going on there. It was 
terrifying. It, it felt like I was in this like criminal movie. That's the thing I think it really captured as well. Like every time I heard those footsteps coming up the stairs, it was just a yep. moment of shit. I've got to hide. Actual panic. Like got to be somewhere. Actual and some panic. Of the stuff that happened while we we're in there, just to our teammates and just the fear of like being pushed up as close as I could be against the shelf. And yep. Sort of. Again, much like I would do in like an amnesia or a, or like a an outlast. It did. We sort of like peek around the corner and be like, "Where's the guard? Oh God, he's right there." Yeah, and the level right of here. detail, the level of detail of stuff that's that's in there to find. Like we're already talking about going back and doing it again, which is a rare feat for like other like general escape rooms because once you've done them, you sort of know how to do them unless you don't finish them. Essentially, yeah. There's so much stuff we didn't do it. Yeah, small time criminals. That uh, I there's so much to, to do. I want to go back and get caught. I actually want to go back and get caught and see what happens. Um, I mean, I, I feel like it's just going to be like a game over situation, but it would be cool if like one of you got caught uh, and, see you the, were just, and you were out. Those guys alluded that there was something else that happens and, and they, they, we were talking to them afterwards and they said that every time they've got so many possible outcomes for stuff that happened um, and every time something new happens that they don't have like a, like a plan of action for, they take note of it and then make a plan of action for it. So it's this constantly evolving thing um, it's super impressive. Like, uh, it worked out to about, well, we had a team of four, we had two groups of four, basically, which is eight of us. It's a limit of six. Um, so we did two groups of four, and it worked out to about, uh, 50 bucks a head. And it was literally one of the, the most amazing experiences I've had. Um, absolutely worth it. So, yeah, absolutely. So if you're in Melbourne, uh, or you're visiting Melbourne, and you're into that kind of stuff, even if you're not, if you're vaguely into it, go and check it out. Um, I cannot recommend it enough. So, thank you to the guys at Small Time Criminals and Pop Up Playground for uh, kickstarting our weekend of amazing things. Um, and yeah, we also we also got to live out our Hanto fantasies on Sunday as well by firing some uh, bow and arrows at each other, which was cool. Um, it went but, better for some of us than others. Yes. Oh, yeah. Some of us who may have already had some sort of prior experience with a bow and arrow going. I mean, it, I, won't, I won't say it helped heaps, but <laughs> it helped to be familiar with how to use one. A minor sure. advantage, yes. Um, but apart from that, uh, this week uh, I finished Mad Max, the storyline of it anyway. Thank Congrats. you. Um, it was awesome. It Like, it seriously, that game is criminally underrated, I think. That, uh, it's so good. I enjoyed every moment of that game. And I'm already going, I'm, I'm working on going back and working on my Platinum for it as well. So, which is, which is just collecting stuff and looting, uh, like, campsites and stuff. It's going to be tedious, but, like, I don't know. I just like being in that world so much. I'm actually really sad of the thought of when I actually have nothing else to do there. I'm like, well, I'm done with this game. Huh, it's going to be sad. I, I honestly, I, it's such a good game. If, if I had played it last year, I probably, it would have been in my shortlist for Game of the Year for myself. That's the thing that's sad about getting a Platinum. Because usually you Platinum a game that you really like. Yep. It happens to me with all my From Software games when I yep. Platinum them. I'm just like, well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm done. I, I know yeah. there's like, I can go back and replay them, but fuck Sony and Microsoft for ruining me in that regard. Yep. It's like, I hate them up. for it. You're like, I've literally done everything I'm supposed to do in this game. That's it. Game over. That's why, honestly, it's such a joy when I boot up a Nintendo game. I'm like, oh, no achievements. Yep, I can just enjoy the game, and again, that's that's my fault as well as theirs. But just because of how this generation has gone, and also last generation, I've just been wired to to go for achievements and trophies. Yeah. I, it, I don't know; it makes me sad. That'd be an interesting topic to talk about at a later date about you know 
the idea of trophies and achievements shaping the way that you play games. But anyway, I'm touching on that. That's true. I think that's a good idea. Maybe someone should ask us. Yes, if you want to ask us a question at dialogueoptions.gmail.com. <laughs> um, so tonight I also downloaded, uh, before I went to work, and I, I had a chance to quickly have a go at it before we started recording tonight. I downloaded a mobile game called Maximum Car, which was a game that I'd seen advertised a while ago, and it sort of piqued my interest. Um, it's it's like a, a, a simple racing game uh, where you touch the right screen, the right hand part of the screen to turn right and left to turn left. You swipe up on the right to use a boost and you swipe up on the left to fire a missile and you build that up by like doing near misses and all this sort of stuff. It has a very burnout feel to it. Uh, like a burnout mobile game, essentially. Like just the arcade aspects of like Burnout 3 or something like that. Even to the point where you fire a missile and it hits another car, it does like the slow down, like zoom up to it, take down, sort of like watch it flip and explode. Um, it's very self-aware of its explosions and how silly it is. Um, I mean, the game's called Maximum Car. Um, speaking of Max, you play... The, the character's name is Max. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's got this really cool, like, blocky kind of style. It's very similar to... Um, if you played the the uh, 3D Dot Heroes, the PlayStation 3 game. Man, fun little piece of trivia about 3D Dot Heroes. Yes. It's by From Software. It is by From Software. I only learned that recently, and I was blown it's away by that. Amazing. Um, it makes me sad that I traded my copy of that in. Um, I still have mine, and I should go back to it. Yeah, I'm really sad that I traded that in. Um, but it's that same sort of art style, that sort of like blocky kind of, not quite Minecrafty, but... Um, yeah, that very sort of blocky and not quite 8-bit, like 3D 8-bit, if that makes sense. Um, the only thing I did hit before, it is a free game. So it is a freemium game. Oh, no. Yeah. Did you hit the paywall, like when they want you to start paying money? Yeah, so you can watch ads and get race tokens to do the normal like missions that they have. There's like 20 missions. Um, or you can pay, I think it's like $8 Australian, and you get unlimited tokens. Um I'm thinking about it because it's actually a really fun game. Uh, I think eight bucks is a little bit steep for that, though. So here's the thing: like, if it's if that's the thing, just just sell it for that. Yeah, I know it's a bit, but the thing is, though, like, it gets people in the door. It gets people in the door and go, "All right, this is a cool game. All right, maybe I will drop the cash on it because I've played it for three or four hours straight, and I know it's going to entertain me for like you know what's eight bucks for a week's worth of entertainment. Like that's like on and off." Um, this is why I respect what Nintendo is doing with Super Mario Run by just going, nope, we're charging money for it because there's gonna that's it. It's a game yeah. that you can buy. Like, there will be I, in-app purchases for certain things, but they are not integral to the well. Yeah, we know I like that yeah. transparency there. That I agree like, with that. Yeah, they could make it a freemium game, and then like maybe you have to pay money for mushrooms to do, do a stage if you yeah. play for longer than an hour or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there is a trend that is hitting the, the mobile scene, which is sort of like if you. You download the game for free, and it's basically a demo. And you play for a certain amount, and it's like you, you know, if it's a story-driven game, you play to a play to a certain point in the story, and then it goes, "All right, cool, you've experienced this now. If you want to keep playing, it'll cost you three bucks, and that's you get the game, you get the rest of the game." And I like that. I like that because it gets people in the door to something that they may not necessarily have wanted to or even looked at first. Uh, and then you get in the door and you go, holy shit, this is actually really fun. I'm having a good time with this. It gets to that point and you go, well, I'm already sold on the game. Have $3. Um, I like that. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go back to it much more, um, which is a shame because it is really fun. 
it's really simple and it just makes me want a remaster of Burnout 3. Um, which is never going to happen. So We all know how EA feels about um, remasters, man. Yeah. Not a fan. And Criterion are like, nah, sorry. We might be working on a game of kind of like Burnout, but... Something. Do Criterion exist anymore? I thought they became... Uh, they do. They're working okay. on... They're working on, like, one of the 8,000 Star Wars games that EA is working oh, on. Oh, that's right. Sure. The um, People at Desks game. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, one of okay. the many People at Desks games. Cool. I look um, forward to that game. It'll be a fun game about being oh, at a desk. Yeah. yeah. It's called Job Simulator. Um, no, it already exists. Yeah, well, it does, doesn't it? Shit. Uh, yeah, so that's really fun. Um, it's free on the App Store. Go and check it out. Uh, it's at least worth <laughs> the admission price, I guess, if you want to say it that way. Um, but yeah, there is a timer after a certain point to get more race tokens. And I think it's like a three hour timer or you can watch Ooh. ads. Yeah, it's rough. You can watch an ad, which is like 15 seconds, um, which is not too bad. Um, I probably will play a little bit more. And the other thing is it made my iPhone seven really hot, which I'm hoping Ooh. it's going to update. There'll be an update, which is the other reason I haven't played it too much as well. Um, and it's not a super graphically intensive game. I've played much more in graphic, graphically intensive games, on my iPhone, and they haven't gotten as hot as this one immediately did. So um, that, re- that reminds me of the days of playing the Dead Space iOS game on my oh, old yeah. iPhone four. Yeah, and like you'd play it fine for five minutes, and then by like the six minute mark, the, the screen that you're like tapping and dragging along becomes mm-hmm. fire, and you're yep. like, ah, oh, I can't, I can't play this anymore. It's just too hot. Any Infinity Blade game. That's yeah. yep. But until until you get like the newest phone and you play, you go back to it and you go, oh yeah, this is so much better now. It's not like melting my fucking hands off. And then I do a new one and it melts your hands off again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I have a new one for a while. They cancelled the last one I was thinking about. Wop wop. So I'm a, I'm a little sad about because I'm a bit of an Infinity Blade fan. Um, but the other game I've been playing this week, I'm getting my Persona fix. Not quite Persona Five. In fact, quite far from it. But. Uh, I decided to pick up uh, Persona Q, Shadow of the Labyrinth, on the 3DS, on the 3DS. Um, it's, it's great. So it's, it plays, it's, it plays a lot. It's similar but different. Same thing but different, essentially, to, to a normal, like, Shin Megami Tensei Persona game. Um, because it's very much like the Etrian Odyssey series, uh, which I have not played. But I'm interested in now because of the, the dungeon crawling aspects, which is basically first person, and you go through room by room by room, or like square by square in a room, uh, and try and navigate this labyrinth. Um, but the cool thing about it is you have to draw the map as you're going. And I know I've read a lot of people saying that they didn't like that feature. I think it's great. I really enjoy that feature of like, all right, Go a few squares. All right, cool. There's lines there. I'll draw those in. Yep, I've marked all those. And like, you get a bonus for like, 100% like discovering every square in in a certain floor of a of a of a dungeon. Um, I really like that. Plus, uh, I'm I'm obviously playing the Persona Four cast, but you can also play with the Persona Three cast, which I know is very good for you, Karen, considering you were you've played this game as well. It just the Persona Three cast does not get enough love. Yeah. I, I, it's such a good cast. I want to play it. I want to play it, man. Well, you, you can just get a PS3 and you can play the classic <sighs> version. Okay, next time I'm back in bending, I might have to do that. <laughs> I might have to get my PS3 back. But um, it's a good way to spend sixty hours. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's Persona Q is great. I was sort of, and we were saying before about games being intimidating. This game is quite intimidating because it's, um, 
I don't know. The, the difficulty curve already hit me, like, yesterday when I was playing. I was going through the game, and I'm going, alright, cool, now this is, like, not tough, but, like, um, I'm figuring out how it works. It's got very, like, rock, paper, scissors, try, like, like in Persona, I guess, like, try and figure out the weakness and go, alright, cool, exploit that weakness over and over again to win. Um, but then I hit, like, a, a giant beetle enemy in, like, the third level of this first dungeon. I mean, I'm only in the first dungeon. I've spent about six hours in the game. And, um, it basically, like, one-shot KOs each of my team members. Um, and I was like, well... Uh, and when you die, it kicks you back to the start screen. And, yeah, you have it's to rough. reload again. Yeah, I honestly, the first time it happened, I was like, well, putting that down for a while now. I'll come back <laughs> to that later. Um, I think I got to... I want to say the third dungeon, maybe, before I just I hit some walls that I couldn't... I just couldn't bring myself to work through. Yep. Uh, it's yeah, it gets pretty rough. Like it's yeah, especially when the enemies tell. start getting really good at, at exploiting the one more mechanic, oh. and just like combo your team to death. Oh. But plus, you also have to be careful with who you take with you. Like the game sort of wants you to pick the right characters and mix it up. I yeah. just want to take my favorites. <laughs> I know I'm the same. Like I've got my and even then I've got like a couple of favorites that I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't take you with me. I want I want you to come with me. Oh, so yeah. my party, my party at the moment is. Obviously, me, you, if you want to go by the anime, Persona 4 Golden anime. You, Narakami. Yep, you. Uh, I love that still. Uh, I've got Yosuke. I've got, uh, who else is on my front line? Kanji. So my three, like, hitters, essentially. Um, my damage dealers. And then I've got Naoto and Yukiko. Bringing up the rear with, uh, with the heals and buffs. Um, and yeah, but I'm like, oh, but I want to bring Teddy as well, because I really like Teddy, and oh, all these, these new people are kind of cool as well, because there's two new characters. Now, I, I, they've not been in anything before, Karen? No, they're new to Persona Q. Which is, uh, uh, Ray, is it, and Zen? I don't know, I could be making this I think, up. I think it's, it might be Ray and Zen. Honestly, I never used them. It's, it's R and Z, Q. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I've never used them either. Which is, it's, it's a shame, because they, they seem like cool characters. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Like you are basically uh, at your school festival, and it's all fun and games. And then suddenly, the school festival seems a little bit weird, and a clock tower has appeared in the Yasugami High uh, courtyard, and you don't know why it's there, and everything seems a bit weird. And then Margaret shows up, and it's like, all right, cool, this is going to get real. Um, and yeah, I really like it. I, it's definitely a game I'm going to come back to, I think. I'm going to play for a little bit and put it away, and then I'm going to come back to it. Because the storyline's not super, at this stage anyway, in-depth. It's pretty easy to follow. Here's the thing can... about Persona Q. Uh, like, so many bits and pieces that happen in it are just fan service. Like, yeah, right. Some of the cutscenes, I'm not sure if you've done any of the real, like, choice-based stuff. Um... Like, where you, like... Are you, are you still in the first dungeon, are you? Yeah, I'm still in the... Yeah, the is Allison the first one. dungeon the dating one, or is that the second one? It's the Allison one, the lame one's the first one. Okay, yeah, the second one is the dating one, and, like, you can, like, make choices as to who you, like, oh. end up, like, marrying and stuff like that. And some of the cutscenes are so good. Like, the joy of seeing, like, the cast, like, the Persona 3 cast, and then, like, I'm not, I'm not going to say the ones that copied them, but the ones, those <laughs> archetypes in the Persona 4 class, like, together yeah it's hilarious like junpei and yosuke is amazing 
every time that they're like in a cutscene together, the the dialogue is just fantastic and I don't know, just so much amazing fan service. And the music, the way that the music is great too. The Persona Four story has its own sort of soundtrack vibe, like the jazzy yep. stuff that Persona Four had. But if you play Persona Three, it's got the rock sound to it instead. Right. It's oh, really so cool. cool. Like it's it's, a, it's, it's a, basically two different games you can play. Yeah, and I've noticed that. Um I don't know if I'm ever gonna finish it. I'm gonna try <laughs> my fucking hardest, well, but if it helps, I never finished it. Yeah, that's what I mean. That, that that thought alone makes me think, well, I'm pretty screwed. Um, but no, I am enjoying it. I, I think I'm just enjoying being back. Much like with Dancing All Night, I'm just enjoying being with these characters again. It's like a blanket. It's uh, like a nice speaking... like, warm blanket. I'm like, oh, oh, it's so cuddly and warm and comforting. Speaking of Persona, Joel, uh, I was just surfing the Twitters Ooh. and a nice little Twitter account called Today in Persona has reminded me that Today in Persona history... Naoto joined the investigation team. Oh, oh, that's nice. Well, happy anniversary, Naoto. Oh, good. That's a nice but, little, just a tidbit. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, Persona Q's great. It's it's like 26 bucks on the e-store. Um, it's super cheap for a, for a game of its its, its length. And um, what are your thoughts on the, on the map drawing stuff, like the Etrian I- Odyssey sort of stuff? I loved it. Like, I dabbled, I think, in one of the Etrian Odysseys on the DS, but I didn't play much of it. Right. Are they because, DS exclusives? Uh, I, th- I think they might be. I think it, it feels, might just be like a DS series just because of the map drawing of the Yeah, and it all feels that. like suited to it, yeah. But it wasn't really until Persona Q that I dabbled in it more, and I really enjoyed it. I loved it, mapping it out and, like, making sure I had the stairs stamped for where the staircases were and, like, oh, marking yeah, the right. holes and the pitfalls. It was cool. I liked it's, it. It's really cool. Like, yeah, I, I I don't know. I thought at first when they introduced it, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to get tedious. But it hasn't. I'm really enjoying that. Like, I, I it, it, it's that sort of, like, completionist in me that's like oh that's really cool oh i've got a nice complete map and i drew it myself that's really cool um and yeah just uses the bottom touchscreen to do it all it's great love it simple and fun good time so yeah if you're a fan of the persona series um of three or four uh jump into it because it gives you an option at the start you can play with the persona three cast or the persona four cast um and yeah i like it i i, I yeah it's going to test my metal a little bit but it's I like it. Cool. Shall we move on? Yeah, man. I think it's time to talk some news. Yeah, there's actually actually a fair bit this week. A couple of little the gaming. The gaming gods have been good to us. A couple of little juicy tidbits. So, uh, here comes the from one compulsory topic to another. Kyron, from Persona to Overwatch, wouldn't be a dialogue options podcast if we didn't speak about either of them. To be fair, like, it's been a while since we had a decent talk about Overwatch. That's true, because really. nothing, it's been pretty quiet. It's been pretty, you know, calm on that front. Both in uh, terms of the news and how much we've actually been playing it. That's very true. I mean, after we had our Hanzo Fantasy stint on Sunday, we all went home and played a whole bunch of rounds. Oh, yeah, um, and then we very quickly got out. Yeah. We were quietly put in our place in competitive, oh, yes. and we're like, okay, oh, I see. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I remember. I'm terrible at this now. But it was yes. good. we actually oh. had a, we had a full team of six for once, which was awesome. That alone was good fun. Um, I think I was pretty tired though, so I was I was getting pretty grumpy. 
at some points. Look, I was getting pretty mad just because, I don't know, like, I know it's competitive and we're going to come up against teams that were, be- that were better than us, but the team that we were against, oh, I guess because yeah, we were a team of six as well, we basically got matched against another team of six. Yep. And no. look, we're good at Overwatch. Like, I feel like we've got a pretty good handle on the we're game pretty good, and yeah. mechanics, but the other team was just, just far and beyond us. Yep. And it was great because we were like, one of our friends was like, "All right, can we like try and employ some like employ some strategies tonight and like actually like communicate properly and do that?" And we're like, "Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. We're gonna get some like mad strats and we're gonna be like awesome at this." And it just fell apart so quickly. It was a um, disaster. <laughs> but for those of you who are still playing Overwatch, which you know all fifty five thousand million of you, um, there is a lot in the works apparently, according to Jeff Kaplan, the. Uh, the what is his title i guess the creative director of overwatch um i'm honestly not too sure i'm not too familiar i can't remember what he's yeah but he's 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 pretty much the the man to speak to about everything overwatch at blizzard um so they're saying that there is uh they've got a couple of new heroes in the works one who is probably going to appear sooner rather than later which is uh the quote from him which is that we believe this hero will see the light of day sooner rather than later. Overwatch game director, there we go. He's the game, the Overwatch game director, Jeff Kaplan. Um, he said the other one's quite far away still. That's probably not going to be till next year. So that gives us a bit of a time frame that this new hero is going to appear by the end of this year. Um, fingers crossed. The question becomes, Joel, who was it going to be? Which of the many choices will it be? It was Sombra. Or who else is on the cards at the moment? Doomfist is always being thrown yes, around. Yes, Doomfist is another one that's really good. I, uh, I've even heard people talk about Athena as well. Yeah, Athena seems like it could be another smart bet. Like, who knows? There's so many options they could choose from at this point. Mm. And uh, they're saying that it's, uh, they're, they're saying that it's, yeah, there are the, that character is a lot of fun to play. And the other one that they've got working on at the moment, which is just sort of in the proof of concepts placeholder segment at the moment, but they've. The ideas they've got for that character are, are really fun at this stage, apparently, um, which is exciting. Um, they're also working on a whole bunch of new maps. Um, they said one of them, them, is very far along, so I wouldn't be surprised when we see the new hero. We might see the new map that might be related to them, potentially. Well, man, we've got, I would say at the latest, we have PSX coming up in December. Oh, yeah, that's very true. Or maybe even an exclusive for the Game Awards. Maybe, maybe. Or, oh, when's BlizzCon as well? Oh, yeah, that's... BlizzCon's coming up, isn't That's it? about the same time as... I'm pretty sure that's December as well. I'll do a quick Google, but yeah, BlizzCon yeah. actually feels like a really safe bet at this point. Yeah, actually, I think BlizzCon's going to be a good... Yeah. And if that's the case, then it's probably highly likely if they're saying... If Jeff is saying that the, the new hero is sooner rather than later and one of the maps is very far along, which is another quote for him from him... Um, that's interesting to hear. Uh, okay, so uh, BlizzCon is November 4th and 5th, so the weekend of PAX. Oh, oh, okay. So we'll be nowhere near our PS4s anyway if anything happens then. No, no, no. I mean, it, it might not even launch then. But oh, well, no. At least I, 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 I don't doubt that we'll hear about... They're going to have something big planned for Overwatch. I wish, I wish, like, you can basically bank on a trailer. It's, yeah. It's technically... And probably a new short as well. We're going to get a new short then another character short um but yeah they're also saying that uh they're working on other maps for 
uh, these existing modes, but they're also working on about four other maps for new game modes as well that they're testing out. Um, they're in the prototype developer-only stages for the new game modes. Interesting. They're, yes. So that's cool that we're going to get potentially down the track some sort of content update that's not just going to be a new hero or new maps, which is great. Like, that's still really good because the core game that is there is super fun. But to have a new game mode, what do you, what would you like to see? A new game mode? I don't know. Like, I know some people complain about the game modes on offer in Overwatch, but the the ones that are there sort of scratch that itch, I guess. Yeah, that I want they from work. A competitive shooter, like they work. Would... They're tight. They're refined. That's that's how they work. Yeah. The other staples wouldn't really make sense. Like you're never going to see a deathmatch one. Like that just doesn't make no, sense. No, capture like, the flag, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe something where it's like a mobile thing you've got to carry around. So like, like payload, but not on, oh, yeah. on a track. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like, so I, it's kind of like in um, they do it in Halo, I think. Uh, I can't remember the name of the game mode, but yeah, there's yeah the one where it's like you know you can't use your weapon while you're carrying it, and the rest of your team has to support you. Oh and, yeah, and guide yep. you through while you're carrying the the briefcase probably, or whatever, you know. It's probably something with the bomb or something. Yeah, yeah. But like, Which, yeah, something like that would be cool. But like, that I would don't be know, cool. Man. It's, I mean, who knows what's going to come out of those fucking crazy geniuses? Blizzard could um, pull anything out of a hat. Yeah, it could be a completely new game mode. Like, it's not done anything. I still want. I'd love to see something like a Halo Warzone. Is it Warzone? The game mode oh. with the objectives and stuff like that, like the, I'd love to see a map like that or like assault from, um, uh, Unreal Tournament. Those kind of maps where it's like you know you have to go through and actually, um, you have a, so, like a list of objectives that you have to complete, like um, Rush in Battlefield. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that'd be interesting. That'd be cool, and I think, I think I still I'm still hoping for a PVE experience as well at some point. I'm not talking about like a campaign or anything, just a, a little bit of like backstory told in a, a different way, maybe by, uh, you know, finding out like in the thick of the Omnic crisis and see what happened then. Um, yeah, see, I'm not, I just don't know. Like, again, it would feel weird gunning down Omnics, but that's just me. Yeah. Who well, knows? Again, it's, it's hey, and at the end of it, there could be a cutscene that makes you feel really horrible for it. Maybe, but I don't know if I'd want, I don't. I don't know if I want Overwatch to make me feel horrible. I feel horrible enough sometimes when I lose competitive matches. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, some of those those shorts have made us, you know, blubbering messes at some point as well. That Bastion short is still terrible. Like, amazing, but... Man, does it tug at the heartstrings. Um, but yeah, so, lots of cool new Overwatch stuff to... Uh, being teased and thrown around by Mr. Jeff Kaplan himself. So, uh, keep your eyes out on... That one. Yeah, definitely, again, like, just be ready for BlizzCon, I guess. Yeah, BlizzCon, I, yeah, I think you're 100% right. BlizzCon's going to be that. It's its first BlizzCon, like, post-launch, so... And previously, we've only seen, like, little snippets of gameplay and what the actual gameplay, the game is, and then that amazing opening cinematic... Well, not opening cinematic, but that first trailer for it as well. So there... Yeah, Definitely. I think, and because, you know, you, you can't deny that Overwatch has been a huge, resounding success, so. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you, anyone you could, anyone who might know that's really played it has loved it. Yeah. Oh, it's you, uh, it's impossible not to. I mean, my wife and I both play it and are still playing it. Like, you know, it's it's amazing. 
really, really good. Sorry, I'm being a little bit, uh, little bit short at the moment because my cat is trying to crawl across me at the moment. So, Zelda has picked the perfect time to be a pest. Sounds like a cat, man. Sounds oh, like a cat. Yeah, yeah. The other one's quietly sleeping, so that's lovely. Um, anyway, what have we got next, Karen? Uh So, the next one is it comes from our good friend Phil Spencer. Ah, good old Phil uh, Spencer. He was just in the country. Yeah, he was actually for yeah, EB Expo. EB Expo. Kind of bummed we missed him, but hey, Pax yeah. gets uh, Major Nelson, so that's cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. From one Xbox person to another. Yep. Got doubling down on the Xbox this year. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So basically, he was Phil, Phil Spencer was having a bit of a chat with GameSpot, <laughs> uh, and he was, the, the topic of review scores came up, specifically Recore, which GameSpot had given a six out of six ten. Out of ten. Um. So basically, the gist of it, I, I keep I'm being careful of how I phrase it because I, as I said to you earlier tonight, Joel, every time I read the quotes, I'm like something here's out of context, right? Yeah. He he doesn't mean what he said, did he? It's mm. he's basically basically what he's getting at is he said in broad strokes that some he believes that some sites may have scored the game a bit lower for some clicks. Mm. Again, like I want to believe it's out of context, and in a day or so he'll come out and say, "No, I actually meant this." But at this point, like just reading it, I'm just like, "Hmm." Now th- this is a thing. His point is valid to a degree. I'm sure there are sites that ever do that. Like, yeah, that he's... give a game a low score for clicks, but six out of ten, you know, I mean, it's in the modern age, it's a low score. But yep. I don't know, six out of ten is not abysmal. It's okay. Like, and from what I have heard from anyone who's played Recall, that seems appropriate. Yeah, like basically the game is fun, but maybe it's a bit too long and a bit repetitive and it doesn't run super well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and there's been a couple of like post-launch patches to sort of fix a couple of things, like load times, which is another big Yeah, thing. for sure. Um, but, but just in general, like, I don't know, like, again, people say it, but it just sounds a bit weird coming from the boss of Xbox. Yeah, it's strange. Ugh. Anyway. I mean, Microsoft is sort of, I'm not sure if it's a move to cannabis, but... Uh, I think it, I'm not sure when it's happening exactly, but there's that 30 minute timed demo of recall that's going up on the store. Oh, there is too. Yes. So I might actually download that on the Xbox one I own and that it's gathering dust and try it out. Yeah. I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, I'm curious. Like, cause mm. when it was announced, I was interested obviously because it's by the guys who made freaking Metroid prime, yep. but you know, some of the team that worked on it and KJ and Infune who yeah. made Mega Man. So and Martin number nine. We don't talk about Martin number yeah, nine. Yeah, we don't talk about that. I want to believe that he's better than that, but yep. I don't know. By the sense of recall, maybe it's maybe not. Maybe maybe he's not. Maybe it was Capcom, but was all the magic there. Who knows? But but yeah, like I said, I I think I think Phil Spencer has a point. But yeah, like you said, it's probably not the best idea to say that when you are the head of Xbox who have just released a game, which you know open to very. Middle of the road scores, but slightly above average scores. Let's put it that way. Well, that's the thing. Like reviews are still, still, and always will be sort of like a sticky business. Like it's hard. Yeah, like you don't like. Sometimes people who give games a bad score just get, you know, ignored, or like people will read the reviews and go, "Oh, you just didn't like this game." Blah blah yeah, blah. It's like exactly no, the game was. I didn't think the game was good. Reviews are a mess. Like reviews are a mess, and when it comes down to it, they are just opinion pieces. They shouldn't be things that you take. Like, 
full face value and go, right, this is a, the opinion that I need to believe. They're not a fact list. Like, no, they're not. The person who played the game puts their thoughts about the game into a piece of writing yep. and sort of tries to guide readers. It's like, look, you might like this. This is what I thought about it. And I mean, it's like what we do as well. Like, it, it, people might listen to us and go, oh, fuck, I wish I wouldn't talk about Persona so much. I really don't like that series. Which, if that's the case, fuck you. Um, no. Well, hey, hey, well. Um, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's... The, 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 everyone's going to have different differentiating opinions on it. Someone might play ReCore and really fucking love it. Someone might play it and think it's the worst piece of garbage they've ever played. Look, I've, so. I've written a couple of volunteer reviews. And, right. Like, it, it's terrifying putting a review up. Like, it's the worst. <laughs> mm. Oh, God, yeah. I can't imagine that. Like, it's especially in the gaming community, which is getting better, but has a... a terrible reputation for being quite toxic when it wants to yeah, be said, there's definitely some toxicity there mm, um yeah but i don't know hopefully we'll figure just, out that uh, phil was taken out of context and yeah it's like just said. it's just something that i like even though we all think it, it's just not something you, again given his position as well would you it's a good idea to say it i mean probably not in the long run yeah no that's mm. Anyway. Oh well, but you know that's that was just a weird thing that came up over the last couple of days, and it's been kind of. It was it was literally like I think it went up tonight before we started recording. Really? It was like well, a last just, minute thing. It was like it doesn't oh. feel like it. It feels like it's been niggling at the back of my head for ages, just fucking uh, me. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, uh, Pokemon. Let's get on to some Pokemon. Uh, Sun and Moon is getting a demo on the. I well, I didn't write the date of this down. I'm. I'm pretty sure it's October 19th. 19th, yeah. I knew it was Just double check and make sure it's like a Friday. Oh, no, 19th is a Tuesday. Maybe it's not. It's coming later this month, though. Maybe it's the the 13th and 14th. Maybe it's next week. Oh, I don't know, man. Anyway, I thought it was in the teens. But anyway, there is a demo for Sun and Moon coming out. Um, So if you are probably going to pick it up, if you own a 3DS, chances are you're going to buy it. Uh, I know I am. Our household is getting two copies of it, so... Um, but this is interesting. I don't know if we've spoken about this on the podcast a lot, that we're actually trying to avoid as much as we can about that game before it comes out. Nintendo is making it really hard. And also starting a podcast the year when a new Pokemon game comes out is also... Well, uh, oh, God damn it! I was looking up for demo information and I saw the pictures of the... Yep, uh, second stage starters. I haven't looked at them in depth, but I've seen in my mind they're just like blurs. I don't, I don't have official confirmation of what they look like, so that's good. I'm still okay. Um, are you gonna play a demo? Yeah, look, I'll play a demo. Like, because here's the thing: as much as discovering things is nice, like I still count the demo as new. And plus, yeah. if you play the demo, you'll get the uh, Greninja used by Ash as well. Oh, so sort done. of like a a specific Greninja, which is neat. Yeah, October 18th, it says here, the demo goes 18th. up. 18th. Oh, great. Um, so it's a cool idea. Like, I think it was X and Y, and I think even Alpha and Sapphire, uh, Alpha yeah, they both Sapphire had demos. and Ruby and that last year had demos. Like, And, and the cool thing cool. about it was they're different. They're not part of the game. They're a, like a separate thing. That's like It gives you a bit of a taste of like what the game's going to be and all the stuff that's going to be in it, essentially, but without going into full opening of the areas that you're going to be exploring. Yeah, and I think usually you get like a, a special Pokemon for doing the demo, which is very cool. Yeah, I like that. I, I, most of those Nintendo demos nowadays, you get bonus items to use in-game in the full release when you play the demo. Um, yeah, for sure. Which is great. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so I thought that was something interesting to talk on. But while we're on the Pokemon bandwagon, there has been a strange bit of information coming out this week. Um, Pokemon Go is apparently preventing suicide in Japan. We'll just let that one sink in for a moment. Pokemon Go preventing suicide in Japan. How, you may ask? Uh, well, there is a certain spot in Japan. Now, I just accidentally closed the tab, so I'm going to open it up again. Um, there is a... The Japanese cliffs are uh, in... Where are we? God damn it, where is it? Uh, it's a series... So... Tojinobo. Tojinbo, sorry. Uh, there's a series of cliffs on the Sea of Japan that uh, was notorious for a place... A notorious place for people to go and end it. Uh, but because of Pokemon Go, there's been a lot more visitors to that area and frequent public um, groups of the general public appearing around there. So it's sort of deterred people from jumping off in the long and the short of it. Um, I guess that's good. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like it, It's a tricky thing to talk about. It's tough. <clears throat> but, I mean, it's... Yeah. Apparently, in the last year in the last year alone, there's been about 150 people jump off there. That's a, that's a lot of people. I know, it's, I, I know it seems like a drop in the ocean compared to, like, the general population, but it's... That's still a lot of human lives being ended over the last 6 to 12 months in this one location. Um, but apparently now it's it's sort of dropped because there's so many people wandering around there and no one wants to commit suicide while there's a group of onlookers. Um, yeah, so it, Pokemon Go. Rough. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this, Karen? Uh, I honestly don't have anything to really say about it. Nope, no, I know no. she were being very quiet. It's No. I just thought it was interesting. Like, it's... I mean, it's it's a pretty somber topic to talk about, but um, that's an interesting bit of information that's come out over the past week about Pokemon Go. So say what you will about the game. It's... Pokemon Go has been having a good effect on mental health around the world, which is yeah. definitely a good thing about the game. I, I must admit, when I opened the article, I thought it was going to be something about, you know, mental health issues again, where it's like, you know, people are sort of, finding new life and going out and exploring and and whatnot. So this was not what I was expecting when I opened this article, but nonetheless, I thought it was interesting, something to bring up um, on the podcast. But uh, yeah, so that is the thing that has happened. Karen, do you want to move on? Uh, sure. Let's move but on. The next one is, the next discussion is something about, I also just... Oh. Battleborn, Joel, Battleborn, the oh, mess Battleborn. of the game. Oh, Battleborn. Hey, look, the game itself is good. It's just... The time it came out, and... Yeah, it was it was just wrong place, wrong time for that game. Oh, see, I really don't know, Joel. I think even at a different time, it just... What I played it for Den, like when it was the open beta weekend... Yep. It just didn't grab me at all in any way whatsoever. I look. I I I wanted to like it more than I did, because of the gearbox like pedigree that I have in my head. Because Borderlands Two is one of my favorite games of all time, um, without doubt, hands down. Um, 
But, I mean, it launched close to Overwatch. It's just, like, and people were drawing parallels between the two games because at face value, they are very similar, even though they are two very different games. Well, that's the thing, like, a game like Overwatch just takes all the spotlight for itself. And as good yeah. as Battleborn could have been, everyone was looking at Overwatch, everyone was playing Overwatch, everyone was talking about Overwatch, because yep. Blizzard, Blizzard, Blizzard. Yep, exactly. Um, but, look, uh, the shoot 'em up uh, like first-person shooter MOBA-style game um, is potentially down the track going free-to-play, but not anytime soon, according to Randy Pitchford. It's actually a pretty funny situation since it started. I see it. It started with like Kotaku citing an insider source that the game would go free to play, which yeah. then Randy Pitchford followed up by tweeting that it was a false report and there was no plans for it to go free to play. Yeah, it would be getting like a trial version. Uh I don't know, man. So I think I'm pretty sure it's Two K is yeah. the publisher, right? Yeah. So Two K has already seen the success. Free to play can give a game that isn't maybe doing as well as it could uh-huh. with evolve on evolve. pc yes that game has had not a huge resurgence but definitely a resurgence i of think sorts. it was a 200 percent increase in players on its first day of going free to play i'm pretty I sure mean, I read it, it could easily have been from zero to 200 at this well, point but yeah exactly it but was it was like people are more likely to play it to try something out when it's free yep uh and honestly just looking at like, Battleborn has been, it was on sale last week, and it's back on sale again this week, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Back down to 25 bucks on the PSN, and that's, I don't know, it, that game has been cheap for a long time now. Yeah, and honestly, I'm thinking about picking it up, but not yet. At some point, I will. Um, Just to tool around with, I think it'd be fun for us to tool around with something as a bit of a palate cleanser at some point. Um, But then he apparently later, in an exchange with Kotaku... Randy Pitchford denied the free trial would be a timed demo. So, uh, it sounds like they're doing free-to-play. Like, I don't know. I'm not Randy's biggest fan. I was, until I realised he was not great. He can be a bit, you know, a bit ugh as a person. Like, he's a nice enough guy. Like, when we saw him PAX, he seemed really cool. But sometimes some of the stuff I see him tweet or talk about, I'm kind of like, mm, no, nah, no, Randy. Nah, yeah, no. it's like, please, just nah. sh- sh- quiet down, quiet down and now. who can ever forget the Colonial Marines fiasco as oh, well? Oh, Jesus, yeah, that's, oof. But that is a tough one, that one. Purely from where I'm standing, like, Battleborn going free to play doesn't sound too out of this world, especially after what happened with Evolve. And 2K, kind of a guy's calling the overall shots even though it's Gearbox's yeah. game like I don't know and especially as we get closer to Borderlands 3 I wouldn't be surprised if it happens yep I think so too just to get a few people back in there just to sort of make it worthwhile um, but I mean I really enjoyed that free that, that free weekend that the multiplayer beta weekend we played I liked it I I didn't like it I played it single player at first and I was like eh. but then I went through with a few friends and I was like alright cool now I get this game now I get this is supposed to be played with people. I, I'm I'm on board with it a little bit more now. Yeah, it just, it never really spoke to me. And when I was playing it, it kind of was making me go, man, I'd really like Borderlands 3. Yeah, oh god, yeah. I, that absolutely made me want Borderlands 3. Because as good as, like, I feel like Battleborn didn't really, like as far as attitude goes, it didn't really differentiate itself enough from Borderlands. It no. was kind of the same style of humor, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Don't no, it's wrong. not. And a lot of people, I think that's what a lot of people didn't like about Battleborn, 
But then again, those are the people who probably didn't like Borderlands when it came out. So I was I, just hoping that with Battleborn, maybe Gearbox would branch out a bit more and do something a bit more different. But they yeah. didn't really, as far as like... Well, that first trailer, I remember they used that, I think it was like a Boniverse song or like a Sigur Ross song. Was it yeah, really with all like, the slow motion in it. Yeah, which then Paragon ripped off um, with the exact same fucking song. Uh yeah, I, that was a really cool trailer, and I'm like, I want to know more about this world. And, like, the idea of it being, like, the, the last star was dying and everyone in the universe was trying to travel to it to harness its power was kind of cool. But it just seemed a little muddled under all the, the Borderlands-esque humour. Um, I'm not saying to make it, they should have made it a whole, like, like deadpan, straight face series. Oh, no, but I think there's room for some more variety in there. Yeah, absolutely. As far as, like, writing goes, at least. Yeah, yeah, which is a real shame. Um, uh, I really feel for you, Battleborn. I really do. I actually, I honestly do feel really sad about that. I wanted it to be so much better than it was, and I just... Like I said, I liked it, but I wasn't in love with it. Like, <laughs> I loved not it, me. but I wasn't in it's love with it. It's not you, it's it. yeah. me. Yeah, it's not you, it's me. It's not my taste. Um... But yeah, well, I guess we'll see what happens. Maybe who knows? Like again, it's been a wild ride with Battleborn so far. The game sort of launched to a middling response, yeah, and it just never really picked up since. Yeah, it's um, I mean, it didn't review badly. People, no, the, re- no, people who reviewed it were like, it's actually a pretty good game. Like, and a lot of people were quite surprised about how much fun they had with the game, but just that poor release timing, just. Really poor release timing. Well, especially a game that relies so heavily on, like, online activity as well. Like, to come yeah. out... Yeah, just like, if you haven't got an audience, your game's not going to do well. And with these larger-than-life characters as well. It, the, the fact that people were drawing parallels between the two games was always going to happen when that when you were releasing so close to each other with very similar... At face value, like I said, very similar-looking games. Well, basically, because they are obviously different, but in the core aspect of the hero mechanic, you could see the similarities and just Blizzard's heroes were so polished. Yeah. Someone was, it was just so good. The variety was nice. You wanted to know more about these characters before the game yeah. came out. Like just those, those character shorts that they put out, like that first trailer, you're like, who's this girl? It's like blitzing around everywhere. And there's this giant monkey with glasses. And then there's a guy in like a, like a, hood and cloak and he's got a weird mask he's got two shotguns and then there's this weird sniper chick like i was like i want to know more i want to know more holy shit this looks amazing i don't care what type of game this is i want to play it each of those characters sort of had their own personality yeah the writing for each of them felt different enough like each character sort of like you've got your reaper who was an edgelord obviously (laughs) yeah super edgy (laughs) and then you've got your tracer who's light-hearted and energetic and just yeah like i don't know i enjoyed the variety of the poster child of the game yeah yeah when i played a battleborn the characters looked different and there were some slight differences in personality but because the writing didn't really feel different across the broadcast i was just like eh, not really not really interested sorry yeah it was yeah i agree like um and it works for Borderlands because, I don't know, Borderlands just hits that perfect mark of, like, over-the-top silliness. And um, and I guess in the case of Borderlands 2, very poignant moments as well. Um, maybe not as poignant as something like, you know, a Life is Strange or something like that, you know what I mean? But it's never going to happen. But for a game to actually make you care something about these characters, something when things happen to them, especially in Borderlands 2... 
Um, I don't know. I got I got pretty shaken up by a couple of things in that game. See, there was, there was maybe one that I was kind of like, oh, that's that's a bummer. Yeah. But I don't know. It never really affected me. But there were still good moments. Like, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Borderlands 2 was definitely a big step up for, for the Borderlands series, even though it was the second entry. Like, it's really good. Yeah. The Tiny Tina DLC as well. Assault yeah, and Dragon that's... Keep. That's the one that really got me. Because um, the, the, the way that it deals with certain issues and things that are going on in the universe of those characters is very well done. And I really appreciated that. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. I wish you, I wish you all the best. Battleborn. <laughs> and who knows when you go free to play, maybe I'll download you. I, I definitely will. Like I said, I'm, I'm tempted to pick it up for $25, but if it's free to play, I'll be like, yeah, fuck it. I'll give it a go. See, that's the thing. I can understand why Randy wouldn't want people to think it's going free to play. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It gets just going to make people go, oh, well, I'm not going to buy it. I'm just going to wait. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a tricky situation. But I'll I, be honestly, on it. when it comes out down the road, it's like, and today Battleborn is free to play. Here's our new play plan, and here's what the rewards are if you bought the game. Yeah. I'll be there going, yeah, okay. Kind of saw yep. it coming. We kind of knew that. Yeah. You can't. The writing was on the wall, as it were. You may be a magician, Randy, but you can't pull the wool over our eyes quite that well. <laughs> Oh, sick burn. Got him. Um, all right, where do we go next time? Well, the next one actually is, it's interesting because the groundwork was being laid for this, I guess, I don't know if you can really call it an announcement since it was so casually put out there. I didn't realize it was actually a, a, official until you posted it in our notes and I went, oh, okay. So if you played a little game called Beyond Good and Evil, which you probably should have, because yeah, it's really criminally to. underrated. Which, side note, apparently uh, part of Ubisoft's, uh, what is it, 20 year ce- uh, birthday celebration? Whatever. 20 or 30. I was so looking at the, the logo 30, yeah. all week on the PS4 st- uh, your storefront. Yep, yeah, right. Actually, forgotten. I think it might be 30. I think it might be right. Um, yeah. uh, part of that, they've been releasing a month uh, a game every month for free uh, if you have a Uplay account, which... I, I do, um, but this month it's Beyond Good and Evil. That's cool. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good so deal. You like can I, download it for free if you've got a UPlay account. Um, I got it as a plus game on PS3. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I pl- I tooled around with it a little bit then, and I want to play more of it. So I might actually go back to it on PC and um, give ba- it a go. Basically, the reason why we're talking about, about Beyond Good and Evil is over the last week or so, like little bits of artwork had been popping up. Mm-hmm. from Ubisoft and it's just like huh that looks sort of like Beyond Good and Evil interesting yeah. and well like lo and behold five hours ago the Beyond Good and Evil Facebook page basically said that yeah uh, Michel Ancel and his studio at Ubisoft Mont- Montpellier Mont- Montpellier nice I love it that was I good don't know. Uh, I can wall I can wall I can wall I can wall <laughs> are working on a new Beyond Good and Evil game Yes. Rocket, like, we don't know what else it'll be beyond that, but that's good news. Yeah. So, uh, the, the picture that got put up um, was sort of like an old, grizzly-looking man, big beard, and uh, on his shoulders is a small pig-like creature that looks like... Now, is it Paige? It's been a long time since i played the game. Yeah. <laughs> P-E-Y apostrophe J, I think, is the way it's spelled. Um, I think it's pronounced Paige. 
Um, I just like I liked Beyond Good and Evil because it took the idea of Pokemon Snap, like taking photos and all that, and yep. sort of mixed it in with so many other elements. Yeah, made it like an action adventure game as well. Yeah, um, it was a it was really cool. cool game. And like tra- like traveling around and like the little like vehicles and stuff that you could like drive around between the different islands. Um, that was kind of cool. I, I I'm definitely interested to see. They haven't said whether it's a sequel or a prequel. Um, no, they're being very very murky on the specifics regarding development yeah. of it. Yeah, do you uh, think maybe we'll see something PSX? I don't know, because that's I also bought, was excited to bring this up, because it was a good chance to dive back into the rumor mill mm-hmm. from, earlier, from earlier this year. Yes, indeed. When a very interesting rumor popped up on Destructoid through the way... I forget who they got it from. Oh, from a, it's from a rumor manga called Gino, who posts a lot of rumors. But basically, the rumor suggested that perhaps Nintendo was, uh, you know, sort of financially backing a Beyond Good and Evil sequel as an NX Ooh. exclusive. Now, it sounds crazy. Like, if you're like, Beyond Good and Evil, like, that game was popular, but yeah. who's going to pay for a sequel to it? It but, was a niche game, yeah. Yeah, it's a niche game. Nintendo did it with Bayonetta 2, so it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Which was also a very niche game. Yeah, and no one would have seen that coming. No one expected Nintendo to back that game and God no. Wii U as an exclusive. It's like, an have you played season. Bayonetta? <laughs> that, that character alone mm. is just so not Nintendo. Yep, that's not a suit she's wearing. That's her hair. Yeah. Oh uh, God, she is naked. Okay, she interesting. She is pretty naked. The more, the better you do in a fight, then the more naked she gets. Oh, um, cool, awesome. That's a story for another time. Yeah, so again, obviously it's a rumor and Ubisoft obviously shot it down, but... I don't know. I feel like we can never rule it out. I, I look... And I mean, hey, Yves Guimont from Ubisoft has been saying about... He's... The NX is going to be... Yeah, he's been talking about the NX a lot. I don't think it's out, completely out of the realm of possibility. I think it's it's definitely something that could, could happen. Um, and when, if and when we get that fucking NX announcement, if that's... They open with that. They say they open with, here's a console. Everyone goes, oh my God, this is so cool. Oh, by the way, here's Beyond Good and Evil 2. It's going to be a launch window title. It'd be crazy, because, like, Beyond Good and Evil 2, I think that CG trailer appeared in, like, 2008 or something. Yeah, well, it popped up again recently, didn't it? Oh, uh, it's been it's been I... coming, like, popping up here and there over the last few years. Ubisoft sort of brings it up and then goes yeah. on, on it again and never really goes beyond that. It's just like a but... little look of, like, page. Like, looking yeah, it's like a or picture something. or, like, yeah. a five-second video and going, yeah. hey... We might be doing a Beyond Good and Evil something, but this is the closest I think we've gotten in a long while to being, nope, it's happening. Uh, look forward to more. It's exciting. Yeah, it's cool. Um, look, if anything, it's making me want that fucking NX reveal more. <laughs> just want to know. just want to know, Kyron. Maybe by the end of the year, Joel. Maybe by the end of the year. I fucking hope so. For Nintendo's oh. sake, I hope so. Cross your fingers then. Yeah, oh well. We'll see, I guess. (laughs) Never never make any concrete bets about Nintendo. Anything could happen. It's hurting my heart. It hurts my heart, Kyron. As excited as I am to see it, it's it's obviously a a mute point for me because I'm like, cool. As soon as they say, you can pre-order, I'm pre-ordering. Yeah, you're like already throwing your money at your TV screen going, yep, there it is. I'm in. Yeah. I would love to see it to know what it is, but I'm in at the name of it. I, I am like 75% in, but like that 25% of me is just going, all right, come on, just just show me before I commit to this, all right? Before I commit fully to it, I just want to know, because this is the last straw before I, after this, if this tanks, 
If this is not... Okay, if this is another Wii U, basically, or Vita, I know that's PlayStation, but, like, you know, if it's another one like that, I don't know how much more I can take of that. I think after that I'll be like, alright, cool, I'm going to sit back and wait six months for the next console and... Like, for the next console when it when it eventually gets released, like, years down the track, I'm going to wait six months. I'm not going to be a day one adopter. I think that's it for me. I will. D- I definitely, in the future, won't be a day one adopter for PlayStation stuff. But yeah. I don't know. I always wait for Nintendo. I always got to be there. It's, yeah. I want to be. I want to believe, Karen. But only time will tell, I guess. Uh, alrighty. Uh, on to our final news topic today. Uh, so Twitch is uh, going to be allowing streamers to upload edited v- videos in uh, what can only be seen, I guess. I'm, I'm quoting you here, Kai. What can only be seen as another move against YouTube, which is kind of cool. It it definitely feels like a move against YouTube. Like, mm. considering that YouTube sort of took a shot at Twitch by fully launching their live streaming service, uh, it seems only... Right, that Twitch would be like, yeah. oh yeah, well, what if we let people upload their streams to Twitch? That's it makes sense. Like it, it you know, why cut out the middleman? Just have it straight. Yeah, because like I said that. earlier, so many Twitch streamers like once they finish their stream, and because because Twitch allows you to have an archive up, but it's yep. got a, like an end date on it. It's got a hard cut. The time, yeah. They usually just download the the stream and then re up it to YouTube. Yeah. So it's a pretty it's a pretty bold move. Um. I'm interested to see. Like, I don't use Twitch all that much at the moment. Um, I just haven't got quite into it yet. It's sort of like I, I I have like the app downloaded on my PlayStation, and I do use it for um for conferences and things like that, especially because I usually stream through Twitch. Um, or if I'm up super late when there's like a convention on, um, and there's a panel I want to watch, like if it's being streamed on Twitch, I'll watch that. Um, but that's about my extent of Twitch usage. Uh, but you use it quite a lot, don't you, Karen? Yeah, yeah, like, I watch a lot of the, like, or basically every single Smash Brothers tournament I watch has been right. on Twitch. Uh, I'll watch a lot of creators that I follow for, like, Easy Allies. Whenever Game Grumps do a stream on Twitch, I'll check it out. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I use it a lot for that sort of stuff. And I, honestly, as far as live streaming goes, I, I still prefer Twitch. Like, YouTube's system isn't bad. I do like their streaming... So I guess their streaming app. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I just prefer Twitch. Maybe it's just for the ingrained knowledge of me that Twitch is for streaming and YouTube is for VOD. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. all it is. And that's good. I mean, look, so it, Twitch's version is called Twitch Upload, by the looks of it. Yeah. Um, it's in beta still. Yep. Um, but, but it's, who knows, when this, when this is uh, launched fully, it might be inferior to like like video on demand that YouTube offers. Maybe but, like, because they might not. They, they they've they've cornered that streaming market, but they can't quite get the video on demand just yet. Um, I mean, I'd be very surprised if it didn't do at least a, like relatively well. Twitch Twitch is cool. I like it. Uh, I would love to see it take on YouTube in this area a bit more. I don't. I think they can, but both platforms can sort of exist together but i don't know maybe they don't so. see it the same way <laughs> well, oh, well clearly not because they're both businesses and they're both like nah yeah. we want to take the other one down but really Google's there's YouTube a place and amazon's twitch <laughs> yeah exactly like they, they have a place for there's a place for both of them um clearly for most people anyway it's um 
you watch that pre-recorded content that's like edited and cut together on YouTube and you want to watch the live raw footage, go head to Twitch. Like, it makes sense. Um, be cool if we could do some stuff on Twitch, Karen. Oh man, if we had better internet, Joel. <sighs> Sigh. Um, Lo and behold, but we're Australians, so... Oh yeah, yep, we are stuck with terrible fucking internet. Because trust me, I've tried streaming. Like, the bitrate, at least up here, is terrible. And I'm assuming... Oh, like, if God. you're in the right part of Melbourne, you'd probably be okay, but I'm not sure what it's like where you are. It's... Uh, yeah, it's not great. It's pretty terrible, actually, to be honest. Um, cool, well, that just about uh, wraps up our, our news segment for the week. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was a good week. There was some was tasty morsels in there. So lots of lots of uh, there's a couple of depressing ones, but we'll move through that. Um, and on to our questions. So we have some uh, we have we have a few questions this week, which is we're inundated with information this week, Kyron. And content, 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 content. That's what we're all about this week. Because um, actually, our episode last week actually ran a little bit short to what we normally do. I think. Um, a little bit. It's a little bit shorter. Yeah, I, I was like five minutes. It's barely anything. Um, first of all, we have a question from Ashley, um, who I may or may not be married to. Um, <laughs> she says, hello, boys. Game censorship. I would love to hear your thoughts on the times games have been censored. Has this ruined the game? If so, was this game just going for impact over story or gameplay? If a game is censored and flops, is it the fact that it got censored, or was it just a shit game? Has there been a censor that you agree with? Funniest, or the funniest, ridiculous, uh, or stupidest censorships, or even a game that there has been a double standard? Something you can't believe didn't get censored. Open it for discussion, guys. Might need to research this one. We did a little bit of research, for once. <laughs> hey, there's been questions in the past that maybe researched. Yeah, that's fair. That's true. That's true. Um, but... Yeah, it's a really good series of questions. <laughs> Censorship, obviously, as Australians, is something that we deal with. It happens. Yeah. God, we only recently, in the last few years, got the R18 rating. Exactly. Holy crap, that took forever. So that was that. That in alone has been sort of a bit of a difficult thing to navigate, I guess, in this country. It's um, crazy how long we just didn't have that classification for. Yeah. So, it, but it's interesting to see, like, region-wise too. Um, this is just going off my basic knowledge of, of it as well. Things that are more highly offensive, I guess you want if you want to say it that way, um, or controversial in certain regions. Whereas in yep. yeah, each region sort of has like their own things they don't really like. Across yeah. here, I think it's usually sexual violence. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, and drug drug use as well. Yeah, drug use as well as. As um, I'm sure we'll discuss, as well. I looked at a list of like uh, edit, like edited and censored games for Australia, and I'm looking at both of those too. things come up. Yep, certainly do. Um, but yeah, so uh, whereas in Japan, it's a lot of violence is usually the the one I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is because um, like this is the crazy thing because Resident Evil Seven, or at least Resident Evil series, is usually edited for Japan. Right. Yeah. Like, it's I mean, not usually it has- as gory as it is for the West. And it has a completely different title as well. Well, yeah, Biohazard, yes. But, you know, maybe the term evil is too evil for them. Maybe, but, like, the new one is actually getting two releases in Japan, which is really cool. That's right, yeah. It's getting, like, the regular version, and then it's getting, like, the international, more violent version. Yeah, yeah. So, I, 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 
the first thing I want to talk about is the Stick of Truth because I think that Stick is of a Truth is so good. It is such a great game. That is one time when censorship in Australia, I was like, this is almost better than actually playing this. I think it was. I think I, I enjoyed seeing that single frame of the koala crying. Crying and the didgeridoo music playing in the yeah, background. Yeah, and the text been what I would have enjoyed, like gotten out of seeing the stuff. And like detailed descriptions as well of what's going on. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, it was it was hilarious. Like, I laughed out loud. I knew they were coming up and I laughed out loud at that. so funny. And there's there's some things in that game that that aren't censored that I was yeah, shocked, Joel. Stick with me, yeah. Some of the stuff in that game that isn't censored, holy crap. That part in your parents' bedroom. Oh, oh God. Jesus and the part Christ. in the hospital. Oh. <laughs> oh not, it's, not a, it's not even a hospital. It's a particular sort of clinic. Oh, my God. That it game. crosses some lines and didn't get pulled up on them. But oh, It doesn't cross them. It sees the line and it drives 50 fucking miles in the <laughs> opposite direction. Well. just goes, nah, we're well and truly beyond that. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that um, Fractured Butthole has some censorship issues over here, of course. Oh, of course. Because it's South Park. Do, now, okay, this this is a good thing to relate back to the question. Do you think that they didn't even bother trying to get it through the censorship board this time and they just went, nah, fuck it, we're just going to put it... Everyone, because it was such a big thing, everyone uh, reacted so well to censorship for once. It was hilarious. So um, I hope, honestly, they were like, no, nah, screw it, let's just put this in Let's here. just put it in there anyway. Because um, it was also censored in Europe as well, the same thing. But instead of being a crying koala, uh, to make it more region-specific, it was uh, a picture of the Statue of David crying, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's so good. Um, and, like, I the love Europe, the South Park guys. The yeah. Euro flag. Oh, so, so good. good. Really, really good. So um, that is that is the most uh, the most prominent one, I think. I guess probably a good side of censorship. Um, yeah, that's definitely a, a case where, I like I said, I much preferred seeing that image with that didgeridoo mu- like background music. I can hear the music the in my head things. now. Like I can actually vividly picture the music and the scene. Like it's yeah, it's and just that well ingrained. And the cut to it as well. Like when the <laughs> the, the cut scene starts, you're like, oh, this is a, this is hilarious. Like yep. I love it. So good. <laughs> um, but then there's also been some bad censorship. Yeah. Like when we finally got Saints Row 4. Oh, yes. It, I had a mission that was... I can't remember the exact mission, but basically it was related to the alien shoulders. drugs that gave you, like, like improved your superpowers or made you better, basically. Rewarding you for using drugs, essentially, I yep. guess, was the censorship issue with the classification board. Which at first you're like, oh, that's a bummer. It's a mission that I can't play. But the worst part is, basically, as far as I'm aware, means you can't play with international people because, yeah. like, because that game has like full co-op for the whole game. And it's probably one of the better play, better ways to play that game as well. It is like it's I played Saints Row Third full co-op, and it was yeah. incredible. And the fact that if you have the Australian copy, basically your version's, I guess, gimped compared to the rest of the world. Like that yeah. sucks. It is uh, for something that's. It, when you actually play, because you you and your housemate imported copies, didn't you? Yeah, we played the European version. Take yeah. that, Australia. Yeah, fuck you guys. Um, and I remember seeing you play the said mission because I just happened to be at your house when it, it popped up, and we were like, "Oh, this must be this must be the one." Um, it's fucking nothing. Like it's nothing. I get I get the point behind it. I get the whole thing of like, oh, they're taking drugs and it's making them look cooler and do cool things and that means kids are going to go out and do drugs because they think they can like jump over skyscrapers and and punch people really hard like i mean it's 
really quite a shallow argument, really, when you actually see what it is that they're causing such a kerfuffle over. Yeah, like, it, it's, a, it's a shame. And again, like I said, it basically means we've got a not full version of the game and it just mm. ruins the co-op experience if you want to play with international friends. Yeah. Um, it's a bummer. And there, there's another time as well that uh, it didn't impact us a whole lot, uh, but it got rectified recently as well. Uh, was Left 4 Dead 2 in Australia. Oh, that's right. Holy crap. Left 4 Dead 2 basically became a like, shadow of itself <sighs> compared to what it was supposed to be because Left 4 Dead 2 was supposed to be about the inclusion of melee weapons and dismemberment. Um, and they basically cut both of those things from the Australian version of the game. Uh, so the game, it, it paled in comparison to even the first Left, left 4 Dead, which is still left untouched, whatnot. Um, which sucked, but once we got our R18 classification, um, it got reclassified, and now it is uncensored. You can buy Left 4 Dead 2, and you can play it. I played it myself. I went through. There was a mod for it that you could download, which is just like a mod you run in the background. It was really easy to run. But now the game is fully uncensored. It's in it there and it's fully dismembery melee weapon glory um which is good it's a good but, step in the right deception but at the same time like it's just it's too late well that's it the game's what how old now years old i'm pretty sure it was like maybe it was like a launch xbox 360 game as well yeah that's a real because sh- i remember being excited to play left the dead 2 but when yeah. i heard but we were, again we were getting essentially half not it's not half a game i guess it was still pretty finished and polished but just yeah. such a feature that I was looking forward to to not be there. I was just like, oh, okay. And it was one of the main selling points of the of of the sequel. It was like, yeah, cool. Well, now you can hit people with like fire axes and baseball bats and axes take, and take off limbs and samurai swords, like katanas and stuff. Like it was, yeah, and just like cut people up. It was cool. But um, yeah. And then there are ones that's like, okay, maybe, maybe I get why you would, what you were doing there. Uh, like, like like Fallout Three, maybe Fallout Three, yeah, with its uh, actual drugs, like straight up drugs, yeah, um, like and because they would also buff you in certain ways as well. Like again, I honestly don't care, but I could see maybe why it would be an issue. Yeah, I, I mean, it's cool that they sort of early on went with the the development of, of going. All right, we'll use these real drugs and stuff. It'll make it more for lack of a better word, realistic. Um, maybe not relatable, but, like, it made it more immersive, I guess, because you're like, all right, cool, this is this is a real place that you can go to. Like, you know, it's set in a real city in America. Um, it might look a little different. In fact, it'll look a lot different. Um, and having these real drugs. But, yeah, the whole idea of them giving you... Um, certain buffs, which I, I guess you can see is a little bit one-sided when we were talking about Saints Row, but that was one part of the game, whereas this was an integral game mechanic. Yeah. So, I don't know, like, it, it, it really depends on the game as to how much censorship will affect it. Mm. In, gen- in general, I would prefer a game to be uncut, but that's just me. Right, me too. It's, I agree. it's just sometimes, sometimes it works, like South Park. If you approach, I think if you approach it from a right angle for right humor, it yep. sometimes will work out even better. Yeah, exactly. Especially if it's a, if it's a, if it's a humor based game, it's gonna it's gonna work in your favor. Yeah, I um, do like self aware humor like that. Yeah, um, but there is one 
there's one thing, it wasn't in Australia or anything. Well, actually, no, it was. It was outside everywhere but Japan. So, my wife, Ashley, and I, which is why she asked this question, because she wanted us to talk about this, we were watching a WatchMojo top 10 list, and it was the top 10 censorship in games. And pretty much 9 out of 10, literally 9 out of 10, I was like, yeah, all right, these are all ones that I've heard of. There was one that took me by surprise. There is a little uh, NES game called Ice Climbers. Now, you might be familiar with the Ice Climbers from Super Smash Bros. Um, well, were in Super Smash Bros. Um, rip in Peace. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Rip in Peace Ice Climbers. Yeah, Rip in Peace Ice Climbers. Um, but so in, in their original game that they are from, it involves you like climbing up and uh, trying to make your way up a tower, essentially, uh, while the screen's moving, I think. I'm not super familiar with the game. Uh, in the versions that got released outside of Japan, there were these little, like, white, fuzzy, like, yeti-looking creatures that you would hit uh, with your clubs, with your hammers, and knock them out. Everyone's having a good time, getting the bad guys, getting a good score. In Japan, they weren't little, tiny, cute, yeti, fuzzy creature things. They were baby seals. Yeah. (laughs) Baby fucking seals. You club baby seals to death in the original Ice Climbers game if you have a Japan copy of it. That actually broke me. I I was mind blown by that. I couldn't believe it. Insane. Actually, I actually had already heard it, but yeah, it's still, it's one of those things where it's like, wow. That is a thing. That happened. That is a thing that happened. Oh boy. Um, so I mean, look, sometimes censorship can work. Sometimes it's, you know, can improve the experience. And sometimes it's just downright necessary, like club and baby seals. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Oh God. Have you got anything you want to add to that one? No, like I think you pretty much nailed it on the head. And as, again, mm. as I said earlier, sometimes it's all, I think it depends on how it's handled because some things are going to be censored. Obviously, it would it'd be great to live in an uncut world where we see everything, but it's just not going to happen, I don't no, think. No, absolutely not. Um, and even so, with yeah. the the introduction of our R18 classification system, it's still there's still stuff that's not going to be changed retroactively. So, Yeah, well, again, like because video games that are interactive, there's always going to be sort of that uh, gray area with some yeah. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Cool. So thank you. Thank you, Ashley, for your lovely question. Uh, and your your topic of conversation. I quite enjoyed that one. What have we got next? Uh, next, I've got a question from Josh. Hey, it's so, Josh from OK Games. <laughs> well, he's he's asking us, Joel, about VR again. Joel, VR. <laughs> VR, oh, the thing that with we the, still haven't done. With the emergence of VR, what do you guys think about gaming and escapism? People read and watch movies to escape the real world, but the idea of being able to visually immerse yourself in a whole new world is kind of scary and exciting. Keen to hear your thoughts. Hmm. So, I've already, I think I've already spoken about it in the past, even though I haven't used VR. Right. I'm really excited to get all up inside a VR horror game. Mm, see, now you've lost me. Um, <laughs> you lost me there. I know that's. I'm excited for people to experience that kind of have that kind of experience um, and that kind of see a, a horror game through a completely new perspective. Um, that's cool. 
on paper, in theory, and not on my face. <laughs> it's fine. Like, if, if I get to PAX in, like, a month's time, and I walk up to the Sony booth, and I see, like, Resident Evil 7 for VR playable, I will queue all day to try that. Yeah, well, it seems like... I actually think I saw something before about that apparently Kitchen's going to be available for... Yeah, if you have a, a PlayStation VR headset, you'll be yep. able to download the Kitchen demo. Which is cool. That's really cool. cool. I wish I had a VR headset for PlayStation, <laughs> but... Uh... Speaking of which, it's just... It, it's crazy that it's basically here now. It's it's little, It's less than a week. Yeah, like, review embargo is up and everything. Like, yeah. it's insane. Yeah, it's cool. Apparently that Batman game's pretty cool. Hmm. Um... But yeah, I, look, I'm excited. I'm excited for to have these new new ways to play. Now, I was watching the, again, kind of funny games cast, um, and Colin Moriarty was saying this was I know it was a PS I Love You XOXO, uh, and they were doing a VR unboxing. It was basically the whole thing was about VR, and Colin was saying how excited he was for having a new way to play video games, and he said, "I'm not saying that down the track that you know." This is what we're going to be doing with all video games. So I still think that we're going to be using controllers and looking at TVs for years to come. Years and years and years to come. But he said the fact that we've got something new and a new way to experience video games that we like is exciting. And I agree. I think that's it's really cool. And having not experienced it myself yet, um, I can't confirm or deny how well it works. But from what I've heard, it's it's pretty damn good, especially with the PSVR. It's um, apparently a really good, and especially for the price point compared to, say, having a top-end PC and a Vive, which seems to be the optimal way. Um, it's also not the optimal way on the uh, on the wallet. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Well, because Josh, Josh mentions the escapism element to it. Yeah. And that's the part that I'm, I'm, I would love to live in a world where, uh, say we got Final Fantasy 15 yep. and there was just a mode where you could put on the VR headset and just wander around the world just walk yeah. around not that stupid like you can you can hang out with Sid no god you can no. hang out in the car with Sid it's fine you've got that car it's coming go I'm, on, on pre VR it's fine you're all set uh, that goddamn thing, <laughs> that, that, like that thing they're doing for it with um, what's his face whose name I forget Noctis no the no, one um, where you play is what's his face oh, Prompto Prompto, yeah, but Prompto yeah. thing looks dumb. I don't. Yeah, it does. Look, it looks. I just really want to dumb. put on a VR headset and just stroll around that world because I don't know that that is the sort of thing I'd love to do. Yeah, yeah. I think from from two people like you and my, uh, you and I that are into sort of those sort of narrative driven experiences, um, those short narrative driven experiences. I think this is the the perfect place for us to play um, those kinds of games. Oh yeah, I think um, I think the, that those particular games are going to benefit a lot from VR. Imagine having like gone home, but actually, like looking around and picking up stuff, like physically picking up stuff. Essentially, yeah, um, it'd, it'd be great. Honestly, that'd be awesome. I'd be really on board with that. But I'm a little scared by it. I, I'm excited by it, but I'm a little scared by it because I read a book last year called Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. Um. <laughs> Which is being made into a movie by Steven Spielberg. Um, it's a great, it's a really good book. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's full of like eighties video game pop culture, Dungeons and Dragons references. Um, like it's full of it. If you're not a fan of like referencing things, you're probably not going to enjoy it. But uh, I loved it. I thought it was a really great book. It's a really interesting story. Uh, and the world that it's set in is basically this program called Oasis has been set up. Um, 
and it's a, like a VR thing that people can go with. It was basically like Second Life meets VR. It's basically the way that they they set it up. And you can go and visit all these planets, but you've got like a leveling up system as well. That you, If you die, you lose all your XP and you have to start again. And also you have to make a new character. Um, but it gets to the point where people end up living and working and making their lives in this world, in this oasis, um, while the world outside basically falls to shit. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting to see like, you know, yeah, look at all this cool new VR technology, but in the back of my mind, I'm just like, that's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. Well, luckily for you, I don't, I don't honestly think VR we'll get to that point for a long time. No, yet. I think we're a way away off it yet. Um, but I mean, hey, look, haptic suits and things are already starting to be developed as well, which is another thing that they use in the, in, in Ready Player One. They have, like, full-body suits that and, uh, enable them to feel and feel touch and, like, give sort of, like, haptic feedback from when they touch things and pick stuff up. And, yeah, that sort of stuff is already in development now. Um, oh, of course it is. Like once, like when VR establishes itself, that's the next step. Really. Yeah, yeah, full immersion. Um, but yeah, I can't wait. I'd I'd love to have like something like going home, or I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head. It's like a first person, like one of those games. Maybe I, I even though I haven't played it, but like Firewatch. Being Firewatch able to, would be cool. Yeah, like wander around and actually look around like, and see the scenery. I'd love to see, like, first-person VR, like, Abzu. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be cool. cool. Like, swimming around the ocean, that'd be cool. Yeah. I I look. I think it's going to be, at the moment, we're, we're at the stage where it's going to be lots of glorified tech demos. People, yeah, just still trying to figure it out, figure out what yeah. works and what doesn't work. Yeah, and those early adopters, I think, need to realise that that's how it's going to be. If you're someone that's thinking that they're going to get in and they're going to be playing Fallout 4 like 80 hour campaign with this VR headset on. It's not happening yet. I mean, Fallout 4 is happening for VR, but we're not at that level yet where every game is going to have a VR compatibility mode. They're going to be tacked on little bits like Rise of the Tomb Raider for PS4 that has the extra, you can walk around Croft Manor in VR. Which See, that's cool. the sort of stuff I just, I want. Like, yeah. I'm not really super interested in playing, like, an 80-hour game all in VR. Yeah, yeah. It depends on the game. It'd have to depend on the game for me. I'm interested in it, but it'd have to be, like, a killer app for it, essentially, that's making me go, whoa, okay, now I need to play that in VR. That's the only way to play that game. Interesting. We're in the future, Kyron. The future is here. VR is here. We're in the future. Oh boy! We're in the well, future, and we still don't have the NX. We don't, and we don't have hoverboards either. So no, no hoverboards. Thanks, Back to the Future for Back to the Future lied to us. They did. I bet you that. I bet you. I bet you Back to the Future knows about the NX. I don't know. Actually, it wasn't mentioned at all in Back to the Future, so I guess not. That's how that. That's how you know. <laughs> keep it under wraps, Karen. Marty McFly knows. Oh boy, it's in like it's in Biff Tanner's casino. It's like locked away. It's. Um, I'm starting to become like a fucking conspiracy theorist about the the nx i'm saying crazy um <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait for it to be announced and just be like exactly what everyone expects and i'll yep. be like well yeah, right, i don't cool. know what you thought it was yeah. gonna be i'm just driving myself insane with it now i've got like a pin board with like strings attached to everything yeah <laughs> and there's crazy like serial killer tracker things um cool so thanks josh for uh for shooting us a question about that it was a, a really cool um interesting topic um 
I know that you are getting PlayStation VR, so if I'm ever in Brindigog, mind if I come around and have a look at it? Um, but yeah, if you're interested in listening to Josh as well and the work that he does, go and check out okgames.com.au. Um, there's a really great website. They have their own podcast as well that's also really good. I really listen, I listen to it every week. Um, some great work from those guys, from Josh and Lauren, uh, and the rest of the guys there and Zach. Um, really, really cool guys. So, um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Alrighty, on to our last question for this week. And it is from Dialogue Options Podcast Staple, Sean. Sean hits us up with a question again this week. And he says, we're getting very close to the next generation of consoles. Though there are rumours of plenty flying around, what features would you really love to see in a console that would warrant you purchasing the latest generation? Now, this is just going to continue on. <laughs> My conspiracy theorist uh, rant about the NX, probably. But I don't know. What would you like to see, Karen? Based on the rumours, the things that I... Like, the main thing I want next from consoles, it sounds like the NX is going to do. Like, okay. The idea of a home console slash mobile hybrid right. is basically it. Sony and the cloud saves between PS3, PS4, and Vita was cool. And even the 3DS mm-hmm. had, like, when you had 3DS Smash and Wii U Smash, it was sort of similar. Yeah. It's great. But I just love the idea of being able to, like, have my game at home when I'm heading out, like, maybe catching a train or getting on a bus or, you know, going to be in transit for a while or waiting somewhere in a line. Just pop it on that and then go off and play it as I go. Like, yeah. I don't demand too much of a new generation of consoles feature-wise. I'm happy to just have new games to play, and if it's on a new platform, then so be it. But if I had to pick one thing, it would basically be that. Yeah, I, look, I agree. I, that the, if, the, if that comes true, and it, it's uh, like a console handheld hybrid, um, that's what I want. Because, you know, imagine, imagine just sitting at home playing Breath of the Wild on TV, and you're like, oh, shit, I've got to go and meet such and such down the street. I'll quickly, I'll just jump on the train and uh, meet them down the road. While you just take your next pop in your bag. Yeah. While you're waiting for them to arrive, you're like, yep, continuing on, still raiding this dungeon, and, oh, they're here now, pop it away. And get home, oh, where was I? Great, throw it up on the TV again. Yeah, like, and obviously, it's going to depend on a lot of factors, like battery, and, like, I obviously wouldn't want a huge hit to performance on the handheld variant. Yeah. So, we'll see how it goes, but that's mostly what I want because ba- consoles do everything I want them to do they're basically they're perfect for me at the moment that's yeah. just the one little feature that I'd love to really see implemented anything extra is sort of almost gimmicky I guess I mean having like VR standard in the box maybe that'd be um, cool but it, it's going to depend like how much is it going to draw up cost exactly that's the thing as well so maybe do you go something like an augmented reality situation that might not be as expensive it depends what sort of augmented reality you mean, because the HoloLens dev kits are really expensive. That's true. But imagine if they got that technology down to a point where they could bundle it with Xbox Scorpio. Yeah. Or maybe not cool. Scorpio, but like, you know, the Xbox 2. I don't know. Uh, whatever, they two. Whatever, <laughs> they, whatever they call it. I don't fucking know. Look, man, they went from Xbox to Xbox 360 back to Xbox One, One. so who knows? Yeah. Xbox Squared. Xbox NX. Xbox NX, that's it. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that's that's basically it. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to see. I, mean, I, I feel like we're a ways off from Sony especially. Microsoft, oh, yeah. I guess we'll see what happens with Scorpio. 
that could be more of a new generation than a continuation of this one. Yeah. But yeah, just so ready to see a new Nintendo platform. Give it to oh, me. Oh, absolutely. That's 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 definitely hook it into my veins. Definitely what I want. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's, it, you play games intravenously. <laughs> that's how like, how weird is it? But like, pretty much until Zelda, the last the last big Wii U game comes out like this Saturday. Hey, Color Splash, doesn't it? Yeah, that's, yeah, and then that's basically it until Zelda from Nintendo. How weird is that? That's really weird. Oh no! Oh, guess what else comes out this weekend, Karin? I almost forgot, and I have to go buy it. No, you don't, Joel. Don't. I do. It's the new Mario Party for 3DS. I'm gonna buy the shit out of that. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I think like if they get the uh, Hololens to a point where they could bundle it in with Xbox, I mean the stuff that. I know it's tech demo stuff, and I know that it's mostly staged, but the the Minecraft stuff that I've seen with Hololens is really cool. Yeah, um, and and same for all the overlay stuff we've heard about as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know, or just be you wouldn't need a TV anymore. Essentially, you just have Hololens display onto your wall if you had a big enough wall. It's a cool idea. It's a, it's a cool it's a great idea. Like you know, a projector without being a projector, like it's. I still feel more like the rumors or like the talk of Microsoft teaming up with Oculus with yeah. Scorpio makes more sense, but who knows? Who knows what yeah. happened between now and then? I mean, it definitely makes more sense in terms of the fact that PlayStation literally has a VR headset coming out next week. Yeah. And it sounds like VR is where home consoles will go as yeah. far as that tech goes, not augmented yeah. reality, but who knows? Who yeah. fucking knows? But I'm, 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 I'm excited to see like maybe like VR tech being bundled in, not something extra that you have to buy. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the takeaway is we want VR tech bundled in, which will be expensive, and home console slash mobile hybrids, but don't have a huge battery loss or performance hit, which is also expensive. It's not much to ask for. I, I think it's perfectly reasonable, I think and it's, it's going to totally... send us broke. Uh, nah, nah, like $300 price tag on everything. That's fine. Also, Nintendo, give me a Nintendo Netflix for the NX. Implement that. That's going to be a thing. That's going to come. Me, let me pay a flat subscription rate. Like, I'll give you $10 a month and just let me play what I want. Play all your virtual console games. Yep. That's, Let's do that. Oh, even 20 bucks a month. That's, 20 bucks a month is fine. That's right? still Ooh, pretty it's... good. Like, yeah, I think that needs to happen. Even if they, they launch it with, like, just NES titles. Basically, because PlayStation Now is a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the idea of being able to access it. I don't like that you stream them. But Nintendo yeah. could do it with their stuff and make it downloadable, and that would be amazing. And well, I wouldn't have to... I mean, I'd still deep down want to buy Super Metroid, like a fifth or sixth time, but I <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't be able to. But, like, even if you were to stream some of those older games, like, it wouldn't take much to stream them, because they're fucking, like, 50 meg. <laughs> like, in size. That's the entire maybe, game. Maybe like if you're playing, meg. like, a Super Nintendo game. <laughs> but, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, like, the NES and Super Nintendo era. Yeah, like, yeah. Those games aren't huge to stream like it we could download them within you know 45 minutes um <laughs> on a good day but yeah like it, it's not so like out of the realm of possibility that you could stream those kinds of games because they're not that big Nah, there's not much data to be sending back and forth so compared to something like the first uncharted on playstation now or something i can't remember what's on playstation now but there's a lot of stuff on PlayStation now, and every time I see an update, I just get mad. Yeah, I know, right? Um, we can't use it, and basically, 
that's going to be Sony's reason for going, yeah, we don't need to bring PS3 games to PS4 because you can get now. It's like, no, but just make that's... the magic happen like Xbox mm. pulled off with their wizardry. Yeah, now it's just like, ah, oh, this game... This is uh this new game's coming out. It's a sequel to a game that was on the 360. Oh, by the by the way, that sequel on 360 is now backwards compatible. How we don't it, it, nah. it, don't question it. It happened. Gypsy magic. We're wizards. Fine. It's all good. It's all good. We got it under control. You don't need to worry about that. It's all the teraflops we're harvesting over here. <laughs> all the cl- it's the cloud. The cloud. All the, the cloud. All the cloud the made cloud. it possible. Oh boy. Um. Yes. Well, thank you, Sean. Thank you very much, Sean, for your question. Um. Yeah, that's just about it. it. It's a bumper so, episode. It is. It is a bit of a bumper episode. We've made up for the the, the five ten minutes we didn't make, like <laughs> have last week. We uh, don't forget to take a break when you're listening to this podcast. Just play yeah. it safe. We should. I should put an intermission in the middle and like have like an intermission <laughs> song. <or something. laughs> just cut it in there. Technical difficulties or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So I guess I'll take us on out. Yeah, let's do it, man. Uh, so I just wanted again thank you all for listening. We appreciate your support, of course. If you were interested in keeping up to date with what we're doing, which we should probably be more active on the social medias. I think we really should. Uh, we were for a while and then like life got in the way here. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll get better at it, but basically you can follow us at, on Twitter and uh, on Facebook. You can like our page. Both of them are both just dialogue options. So for Twitter, it's at dialogue options and Facebook is just dialogue options. Mm-hmm. And we will, we'll post up there weekly when we're doing taking questions and when the episode goes up, but we'll try to post some more interaction stuff yeah. I guess I guess interact l- with our audience leading up to PAX as well which if anyone here listening is going to PAX like let us know because we'll catch up and say hi oh we'll see you there have you a bev all like, of you who are there get some cheeky bevs I'll be the guy lining up hopefully playing Breath of the Wild <laughs> for all of Friday okay so I'll come and get cheeky bevs and we'll bring some <laughs> to Kyron in the line for for Breath of the Wild I may need it yeah we'll bring some nice waters some uh, long seriously, long man, Pax is getting close, man. It's so close. I'm getting so close. So close. I'm, I'm, so I'm, I've got my I got my badge yesterday. Excellent. Sitting I'm hoping mine should hopefully be be here tomorrow. If you've gotten yours, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, well, my wife hasn't shown up yet, but she ordered a few like quite a, a long while after I ordered mine. So yeah, um, we'll see. But it's close, man. It's, it's real. The hype is real. Finally, they're rolling them out. So uh, yeah, all aboard the hype train for Pax. We're gonna, I think we, we, we've been talking about some cool, doing some cool stuff with packs too, so we'll see what happens with that as well. Uh, but otherwise, speaking of packs, and not just packs exclusively, but if you want to keep up with what both Joel and myself are up to in our spare time, I'm at least very active on the Twitters. You can follow me at X, and if you would like to see what Joel's up to, you can follow him at Jolly Mac. It's not a lot. At get, get, get better at it. It's like retweeting like people that I like on Twitter. <laughs> And sometimes Cairo. Like that's <laughs> you'll you'll get there. Yeah, you've got to realize that Twitter is fun, despite how it handles bullying, which is bad. No, that's rough. Yeah, I do love it though. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So we'll let our wonderful theme song take us out, which is of course "Strike Witches Get Bitches" by Azure Flux. Yeah. and uh, we'll catch you next week. See ya. Catch up.